What's up, rap fans? Welcome back to the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast, keeping you up to date on hip hop music in 2018. Today is May 31st. I'm your host, Kyle French. This is the easiest way to find out what's hot and what's not. We got the diamonds in the rough. We got all the news to keep you up to date on hip hop culture. I hope you've subscribed on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and are keeping up with me on Instagram at Hip Hop for updates and more content. Today, we're talking about some new music. We'll be breaking down Dreaming Out Loud by Nick Grant. And Harder Than Ever by Lil Baby. Unfortunately, we have some sad, sad news coming out of the Brockhampton clan. But also, we got beef. We got some rap beef. We haven't had much serious stuff going back and forth in a while. But Drake and Pusha T have been getting into it the past week or so. And this could just be the beginning. It's hard to say. They've gone back and forth multiple times. We'll discuss that later as well. And I told you we'd have some new music announcements. We thought just Kanye was coming out this Friday. I was like, nah, more stuff's going to happen this week. We're going to get more confirmed dates, and we did. So we'll go through what those are at the end of the show. We're going to start with our album reviews as usual. We didn't get any of the big names dropping, not really any huge albums that came out this past week. But Dreaming Out Loud by Nick Grant, I think, was the best of the week. Nick Grant is a South Carolina-based rapper. I actually first heard Nick on a Sway in the Morning freestyle rapping over the ATLians Outcast beat, and it was flames i highly recommend you go check that out his debut mixtape 88 came out just after that and i was even more impressed by that i was officially on the wagon i was like this man has crazy potential he's got the witty crafty wordplay one of the rare hip-hop artists that was just strictly a rapper strictly focused on flipping words and perfecting his craft lyrically and it hasn't really become much uh return of the cool was his debut effort and It was really a letdown, one of my more disappointing albums of 2017. But that brings us to today, and this is his, I believe it's being billed as a mixtape, not an album, Dreaming Out Loud. Immediately, you realize it's just what we expect from Nick Grant. It's all punchlines. It's all wordplay. It's all about trying to be a crafty lyricist. The man is a rapper's rapper, bars, bars, bars. He kicks off the album in this style. You get 96 bowls and Nicky Bumbaye straight out the gate. Every line is containing some slick stunt or flex on his opponents. And these really feel like mixtape style tracks. They're fun. There's nothing really concrete about them. It's just more him being on his rapper shit, which of course we want from guys. You know, they don't always got to talk about really deep messages or something like that. Sometimes you just want them to get out there and talk their shit and brag and just leave their footprint on the industry. That's kind of the style of these tracks. They definitely feel a little empty. And the hit rate on like the the wordplay and the puns and all the punchlines wasn't maybe as high as you would hope for. There's definitely some slick one-liners in there, but it's not like front to back. You're not listening to like the Carter Four by Lil Wayne, where every four bars you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, did he really say that? So it's not quite on that level, but that's kind of what it aspires to be. But the rest of the album does not continue in this pattern. Just when you thought he was just going to stick with that and work it all the way through, he he switched things up. He took some chances. He tried different styles of production. It felt a little bit scattered to me. It felt like he was dipping his toes in a bunch of different ponds, didn't really know which lane he wanted to go down. He's like, I'll just test everything out. I'll play it safe. It felt a little bit like a cop-out to me. But obviously you get those mixtape tracks I just mentioned. Then he switches it up and gets into like these trap beats. 
He's experimenting with his flow a little bit. It didn't sound overly forced. It didn't sound bad. It wasn't like some other rappers we've heard in the past, like Big Sean trying to switch up to that style, or earlier in the year that Cause album that I thought kind of let us down. It really wasn't that egregious, but it just isn't his most comfortable style. It doesn't really play to his strengths, and it just feels like if he wants to attack tracks like that and go for the new wave sound, he has to hold a part of what is in the root of him back, and it's just not natural for him. I did like this the uh, the track All in Stride, one of my favorite songs, where he really did hit on it, and he kind of stayed in his zone while on a trap beat, which was kind of cool, but overall, I just don't know if that's the direction I want to see Nick Grant moving in. And then after this collection of tracks, all of a sudden we switch up again, and he hits you with like purposeful tracks that really feel like album material. We get hit with like deeper tracks like the song Father Figure, where Nick Grant's kind of battling this idea that like his father left the family and he wasn't good to like his mother and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, screw you, we did it without you, we're all good now. But at the same time, he like wants that relationship. So it's kind of like a weird uh, balance there where he's just kind of fighting how he feels about it. And then you also get tracks like uh, Black Woman, which really feels like something, like a, a topic that Tupac would cover. We get full verses where he's kind of like praising women and talking about how important they've been to him and helped him grow throughout life. But then he also kind of exposes this idea that we, we know all this, yet still many men around him and even himself, he, he guiltily admits, disrespect them at the same time. And he's just trying to expose that kind of like ugly truth. And he actually closed the first verse by saying, you're the closest thing to God, yet we still call you a bitch. And it's lines like that where you can just feel like the hypocrisy and just like the bad taste it leaves in his mouth. But it's one of the first tracks on the album that I really thought like had my attention the whole way through. It was like every line was was meaningful. There was no like just throwaway wordplay bars. He did work some like metaphors and and puns in and stuff like that because that's just what he does. That's who he is as a rapper. Um, But on these tracks, it just felt more timely and more appropriate. It wasn't oversaturated. But really, this this close to the album with these three or four really big tracks at the end, these feel like album cuts. And once again, it's like that potential that I've, I've seen in Nick Grant, and it just needs to be evident throughout a whole project. Because this, this mixtape, Dreaming Out Loud, definitely is consistent, and it just feels indecisive as where he wants to go. He's not really sure what he wants to do. There are tracks that are just absolute duds, like Gentleman's Paradise, which has zero chemistry, just no purpose. And it just feels like him attempting another style of music and seeing if it if it works. And that's just what a lot of these felt like to me. Uh, like I said, it felt a little bit like a cop-out, some of these songs, just testing the waters with everything. But there is potential here. And Nick Grant did prove on pretty much every song that he's a more than capable rapper. So if you're looking for a hip-hop artist, a young guy in today's era that's strictly about rapping, not all that worried with all the melody stuff and the aesthetics, and he's just trying to give you bars, if you want that, then I would say this mixtape is probably for you. The best tracks on here were Black Woman, The Ode, All in Stride, and Father Figure. My least favorite tracks were Blue Cheese and Gentleman's Paradise. I would recommend if you like Cause, Sci High the Prince, or Big Sean. I would personally throw Dreaming Out Loud by Nick Grant a decent to strong 6 out of 10. And I will play two songs, as always, 
I'm going to play that track Black Woman that I felt was easily his best on here. And also played Nikki Bumbaye, which is supposedly produced by DJ Khaled. It says featuring him. But we all know he's just kind of the face of that production. He's He doesn't really make all of those beats. Uh, but it's that track is the most Nick Grant to his roots, I felt like. So I'm going to play Black Woman and Nikki Bumbaye from Dreaming Out Loud by Nick Grant. Uh, forever a queen, pure black, you're never so clean When shit get hot, you help me watch for what these devils could bring Responsible nightmares and having federal dreams And being grounded can bring you closer to heavenly things I learned from you, I want you to teach me to love you The missing piece to the puzzle, single parent hustle I feel stupid, dark cubist arrows too dull to cut through Sweet Sadie, you give me sugar, place none above you That cocoa butter on skin, took the G out of me Wanna be with a king, Coretta must be a kin Gotta be colorblind, you can't see or a gym Before I break the family branch, I go out on a limb I love your eyes, the way you stare I love your heart, how you provide for whomever's there I promise I got you, you never had a lie How could I fault you for this? You like the closest thing to God, still we call you a bitch Black woman For your presence, you gifted girl, you a blessing. Since these women are ours, let's cherish them every second. Times get harder. That's why your heart darker than Florida Evans. Simply precious. My muse, my beautiful imperfection. Mother Nature gave me life, that's how they best describe it. The light of my life, but still, we are forever blinded. They turn around, exploit your physicals, and televise them. We more concerned with diamonds and rhymes about who's the flyest. It's my lecture to recognize that she's timeless. Why do they hate her? From Nina Simone to Angela Davis. Hung up my jersey from modern day play. Know a single woman who struggles working double but still could never do her no favors. Know a single woman who fucking ball players for paper. Training the adolescent mind to celebrate her. If no you, there is no me. How could I fault you for this? You like the closest thing to God, still we call you a bitch. Black woman. My flow foolish, she popped that Gucci. Uncle Luke shit, shit is easy to drop, it's ruthless. Feel like Yoba, Daylight Renzo, they copping deuces. Real nigga, keep it funky like Collins Bootsy. Hallelujah, she bought a friend that's all inclusive. Jordan flow, mine tell him just how we do it. It's like I'm having breakfast with Tony, I hang my Cuban. Like I'm having breakfast with Tony, I hang my fuck off I give them hell from where the demons don't sleep Trying to throw locks on my styles, still I keep it so chic Chef Nicky, hold the flow, it's just who season on beats All these niggas' chances limits when the vegan don't eat I'm a savage, dog, take a splash of the sauce Left my stain on the game, these niggas have to resolve These niggas sleep at the wheel, Jada's marriage, my dog I took death on a date, I ripped the calendars off I'm home, Nicky Bumaya Murder, who gon' stop the violence? Yeah, I run this shit, bitch, I'm just exercising. I'm so uplifting, but fuck the system like tech advisors. 
stepped in Zion Can't find a word that would best describe them Slept box with bears and slept with lions I'm death defying I got my weight up but still I'm trying my best to diet Swag dripping like wet saliva Could wet some lava I like them dark and her flesh cadaver I'm blessed revival Fuck boy be quiet cause we don't need you like Essen Island The check deposit I brought some back up Whole check Verizon They don't walk a straight line Who brought the breathalyzer I'm on the flight to LA so much I could rep the Dodgers Uh, such remarkable flows Bleach denim on mine I'm brainwashing these hoes I'm a prince with the charm Come lock tongues when you're told Tell her I'm at the gate That mean we follow the code I'm So that was a little Nick Grant for your head tops. That was Black Woman and Nikki Boombaye. Another decent mixtape from him, but I I think he's got more in him, and I'm hoping for more than just what we got here on Dreaming Out Loud. But it is what it is, and we got another artist to talk about, a man who's somehow making more waves than I ever thought he would. Lil Baby released his debut studio album, Harder Than Ever, 23-year-old Atlanta-based artist, actually grew up with members of the Migos and Young Thug, been around musically inclined people like his whole life. He's actually part of the quality control label now, which is home to Migos, Lil Yachty, and a couple more big names. A lot of Atlanta superstars are working off the QC label that Lil Baby is signed to. So it's a good spot for him to be right now. But interestingly, he was never like into making music. He never wanted to be a rapper. Uh, He would hang out with these guys, but he made his living as a drug dealer, became very rich, very quick, but went to jail for two years, and that kind of influenced his decision. He decided he was going to start getting into the music business to make safe money that wasn't going to put him back in prison because obviously nobody wants to be there. So not your typical story for a hip-hop artist, but he is now here, and somehow he's making waves that I never thought he would because... I mean, he's got a guy like Lil Yachty on his label. And this album, Harder Than Ever, moved 71,000 units first week. Those were his first week sales. And nobody really knows Lil Baby. Like If I said, went to just a group of public, regular people and said, who knows Lil Baby? Not many hands are going up. But if I say, do you know Lil Yachty? Most people are going to know him. He's had huge singles. He's been very outspoken. He's done a lot of interviews. You'll recognize his face, the beads and the braids. But hey, his album only moved 64,000. So how is this guy on his own label, who's less talented, who has less popularity, moving more units than him? I don't know. Maybe Lil Baby's blowing up. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he got a Drake feature on here. The track Yes Indeed attributed, I'm sure, most of the streams toward this first week sales number. And I don't put a whole lot of stock in that number. I just look at it kind of to see what the, the mainstream general public is listening to as far as hip-hop acts go there's definitely a little bit of that six god effect here where you get a drake feature it's gonna get hot that's just the nature of the beast that's what drake does but to focus on the album as a whole this is your pretty standard typical trap album it sounds very similar to his label mates Lil Yachty Migos definitely similar to those guys it's really nothing new nothing you haven't heard from other similar artists Lots of up-tempo, kind of frantic, colder feeling production. Most of it, which is handled by Quay Global. Again, a kind of a standard baseline trap producer. Uh, you're going to hear, cook that shit up, Quay, on almost every song on here. That's his producer tag. And the production is definitely not outstanding. It's pretty baseline, exactly what you'd expect. 
I don't want to say like generic trap beats, but it's just to this point, you're not saying like, oh my God, trap instrumentals are blowing me away. It's so hype. I've never heard anything like this. Like, no, it's it's everywhere. So it, it's kind of been desensitized to the hype nature of it, but it's solid. Um, and Lil Baby, I got to say, he doesn't have the most intriguing voice. He sounds somewhat bored, like fairly often. Maybe it's just the nature of his voice, but I think part of it is he just doesn't really have that passion. Uh, like I mentioned, he didn't really care about rapping. He never wanted to be a rapper until he was like, all right, I got to make my money in a safe way. So I think to a degree, he just doesn't have much motivation. And he's just like, all right, I'll, I guess I'll hop on this beat to do it. Um, I even saw an interview where he was saying he's not motivated to like travel and go to concerts. He just wants to sit at home and do nothing because he's like he's already got his money. And uh, so I think a little bit definitely seeps into the album. But at the same time, he knows how to ride beats. This can make for catchy, punchy songs. And it also allows him, I think, to get away with a lot of like questionable lines. For example, the track First Class, which is maybe my favorite on like the whole album just because of the aesthetics of it and how sonically just fun it is and how much the hook gets stuck in my head. But basically the whole track is anchored by this line on the chorus where he says, 5500 for a new pair of titties, I buy them like Jordans. That A lot of rappers could not get away with that line, but the way he delivers it, it's so casual, like, oh yeah, like this is just everyday like normal stuff. Like he's paying to upgrade his girls just how he would just buy a pair of sneakers. Like that's that's not normal, but he just says it so casually and the flow is so enticing that he allows him to get away with it. And uh, Lil Wayne was like the king of that. If you just looked at the lyrics Lil Wayne said, there was some just pretty unacceptable things that he said, but it was just so fun and so entertaining the way he said it and delivered it that he got away with it. And so I think Lil Baby's delivery helped him out here. And that track, First Class, kind of set out like a really strong stretch on this album. It's a three-song set in First Class right now, which features Young Thug, where Lil Baby, I thought, did a pretty good job of emulating Thugger's style. And then it closes off with the track Life Goes On, which is just a jam with uh, Lil Uzi on that one. And that three-song stretch was very solid. I actually very much enjoy listening to that. But... Harder Than Ever definitely suffers from a little bit of a peaks and valleys effect. There are runs of dull tracks. Like the first couple off the bat go hard and like, okay, I'm kind of messing with Baby on this. And then there's like a five song stretch that's like pretty dry. You get this Moneybag Yo verse, which is he's just basically a copycat future who's already pretty much fallen from his throne on top of the trap game because people are bored of his sound now. So biting off that, you're not going to get very far. And the end of this album also kind of went on a really slow stretch. But the bottom line is you're not getting really anything new here from Lil Baby. Yeah, you get some fun singles. But as a whole, I'm not listening to this album cover to cover. I'm not getting anything I don't get from Migos, Yachty, Uzi, Young Thug, Lil Durk, Kodak Black. All those guys pretty much have all the bases that Baby's going to get close to covered. So this is definitely not an essential trap tape. I am impressed that He's garnered the amount of tension, the amount of streams that he's gotten in the past week, and maybe he's someone to keep an eye on. Of course, he did release three mixtapes in 2017, so maybe he'll just relentlessly put out work until he becomes big time. Who knows? But I just don't think this is a a super important album to listen to in the grand scheme of things in modern-day hip-hop. If you're looking for some slappers here and there with standard simple topics like just getting money, 
or talking about the various women in his life, then maybe this is for you. If you're a hardcore QC fan, go check it out. But what I'm really interested in is how he put together these streams. Maybe it's just a track, Yes Indeed, with Drake, which Drake has a killer verse. The man can just slip onto any style of music and somehow be successful, it seems like. And right now he's killing it in the trap game. With uh, He featured on, obviously, Blockboy JB's track, Look Alive, and now this one with Lil Baby. Maybe that's all it is, but I'm going to have to keep an eye on it. Uh, so best tracks on Harder Than Ever. First class, I'm straight right now and life goes on. My least favorite tracks were Exotic, Transporter, and Boss Bitch. I would recommend if you like Migos, Lil Yachty, or Youngboy NBA. And overall, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. Not many glaring weaknesses, but just not much of a wow factor overall. So I will play uh, my two favorite tracks here, First Class and Right Now, from Harder Than Ever by Lil Baby. For the pussy, get in, I let her know I ain't no rookie. Put on a show like somebody else looking. Digging in the D, make her push me. 5500 for a new pair of titties, I bound like Jordan. Give her a couple thousand, now she feeling important. Dick her down, she be gone by the morning. She got them ass shots that I like. Papa Addy will be fucking all night. She said she got a man, but it's alright. Shoot out of town, first class. 5500 for a new pair of titties, I bound like Jordan. Give her a couple thousand, now she feeling important. Dick her down, she be gone by the morning. She got them ass shots that I I've been having nightmares about going back to jail so I wake up Drinking all this lean popping out of raw so I can stay up Niggas that I used to love acting like they mad cause I got my cake up I Ain't gonna never let it get to a nigga keep on grinding trying to get another me Honey no one piece street I pay the rent for the closet They just wanna talk about my past now I wanna sell the fact that I'm a boss Everything I want and I'ma go and get it I ain't tripping out of cost yeah. Everybody want a piece of the winner they never tell me it's lost in my main man try to cross me I'm trying to pass it down to my offspring All they ever see me flossing My first meal felt awesome They can't follow me, I lost them Hit a bossa So I bossed up Now I'm bossed up I can't wait around nobody I need it right now I might buy that car if it made the right sound Solitary earring bling from a mile away I can't do what she want me to do, she try to take my child I away I think my past trying to haunt me What do everybody want from me? What do everybody want from me? What do everybody want from me? I gotta give it to them if I don't, I'm wrong Go to the hood or make a song Turn the child spot to the studio She gotta be piped up and feel my emphasis She hot, yeah, she sizzling But can't love her more than a studio 
That was First Class and Right Now featuring Young Thug by Lil Baby from Harder Than Ever. And those are our two album reviews from this past week. We got bigger albums coming next week. We had Testing by ASAP Rocky and Daytona by Pusha T. Two dope albums. We'll talk about those next episode. But on a darker note, we got to break down this sad, sad news from Brockhampton. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you know they're one of my favorite groups. They had two of my top two albums. That's right. Both their albums were my number one and number two last year's Saturation series was incredible. I'm all on the Brockhampton bandwagon. I love them. I think they're one of the greatest things that's happened to music in recent memory. But as happens with almost every great group, shit happens and it slowly falls apart. I don't think that Brockhampton is going anywhere. But this past week, we learned that Amir Van will no longer be a part of the L.A.-based collective. Now, if you're not super familiar with the group or you just get their 15 members confused, which is perfectly fair, uh, Amir Van is the black Tom Hanks, the deepest voice in the group, often discusses more gangsta-style subject material, uh, much more than the rest for sure. If you got a BH line in your head that has a drug reference in it, it's probably an Amir Van verse that's stuck in your head. Uh, so that's who we're talking about here. He's kind of the superstar of the group, one of, if not the best, pure rappers in the group, and he was the face of all three of their albums last year. Kevin Abstract is definitely their leader, but Amir Van was the dude who I thought if, if everyone went solo, he was probably going to be the most successful. Like, he was just the superstar of the group. So let's get into what happened here. A lot of women came forward. There were sexual assault allegations, allegations of verbal abuse, and there were some insinuations that he had had relations with minors, even some accusations that he was having relations with uh, fans like after shows that were minors. Uh, there's no real evidence that confirms him as a criminal, He has admitted to cheating, being a terrible partner, and being, like, emotionally, like, a mess and tough to deal with and stuff like that. But being bad at relationships or being a shitty person isn't really against the law. Now, some of the accusations that were coming forward were saying he was very forceful, both verbally and sexually, so not a good look. And Brockhampton did state they do not support and will not stand for any abuse of any kind. And so they made the tough decision to let him go and kick him out of the group, basically. For many groups, this would be punishment way too far, especially having no real evidence that he broke any laws. But we're talking about Brockhampton here, and things are different. They have lots of social justice initiatives in their music, constantly standing up for oppressed communities, Obviously, Kevin Abstract is riding hard for the gay community and breaking barriers in that sense, proving that you can be anybody and do whatever you want, even if that's rapping in a culture that has, for a long time and up until recently, didn't really support that community that he's coming from. And you got Matt Champion, who has multiple verses standing up for abused and disrespected women. They just, the initiatives they push and the brand they've built for themselves, it just doesn't allow for any behavior like this, even if it is alleged. And I'm going to trust their decision. I'm going to trust that they know more than we know. 
and they've seen enough or heard enough or have confirmed enough to say we just can't have him in our group if these are things we're going to stand for. So I think it was probably a brutally tough decision and one that I'm proud that they came to. I feel like they stuck true to who they are and what their brand is. But, man, I am going to miss Amir so much. He was one of my favorite members, no doubt. Has some amazing verses, so many quotable lines. And just he was one of the only guys who really brought a darker, heavier, harder tone to the group. And that's kind of the biggest advantage that Brockhampton has is there's so many, like, so much versatility and so many members who have their own little niche but come together to make incredibly cohesive, amazing music. And they're definitely losing a piece of that. And like I said, Amir Van was one of the standouts on here. He's the superstar of the group. So a lot of fans maybe had liked them because of how much they liked Amir. So I don't know really where this is going to leave them as a group. They've canceled their tour dates. They're pushing back their album because obviously it was, it was probably done. It was supposedly coming out in July or even possibly in June. But now they got to really go back and edit Amir off all these tracks, revamp the album, so they're pushing that drop date back. I still think they'll be just fine because, in a way, Amir probably fit the Brockhampton mold less than any other member. I mean, he was rapping from a background that it didn't seem like any of the other members related to, and so he's a bit of an outcast in that sense, talking about selling drugs and crime and gangs. He did fit the group for sure, but I think less than any other member. So they still will be fine without him. They are going to lose a bit of that hard energy and kind of that rounded out uh, feel that he brought to a lot of their tracks. And he also, just something to note, he had a lot of verses and a lot of lines where he kind of admitted that he had problems in these areas and that he's working on them. Um, And also his roommate and the group's manager, John Nunez, has come out and made multiple statements, uh, mostly via Twitter, saying he lived with the guy who was around him all the time and he didn't witness any type of abuse and pretty much is denying most of what uh, a lot of these women are accusing Amir of doing. But that's just the nature of what it is. That's where we're at today. And, you know, if, if Brockhampton with the messages they sent out, they just couldn't allow it. Um, so I'm going to trust their decision, but this really sucks moving forward. I hope Amir gets some help and he somehow continues to move forward with his career. I I wish him the best of luck as long as he hasn't really broken these laws that he's being accused of. But until proven guilty, I'm going to support him and wish the best for him uh, because obviously this is a really tough time now being an outcast from like his best friends in the world for however many years. So Amir Van out of Brockhampton, just tough news. Thankfully, we do have a little bit of positive, fun news in the hip-hop culture to balance it out, and that is Drake versus Pusha T. A lot of hip-hop purists have been hating on Drake, and they've been wishing someone would knock him down a peg, and Pusha T has come in and done just that. This all started on Pusha T's newest album, Daytona, the closing track, Infrared. It's a lot of kind of general blanket statements about industry-made artists and accusations of them not really being true to the roots of hip-hop culture and the art of it. But there are definitely a few specific shots at Drake, like the line where Pusha T says, it was written like Nas, but it came from Quentin, 
referencing the ghostwriting accusations of Quentin Miller writing much of Drake's mixtape in 2015. If you're reading this, it's too late. He adds fuel to the fire by saying, how could you write your wrongs when you don't even write your songs? Some hard bars from Push, but only a couple really specifically focused at Drake. I wasn't expecting a whole lot to come from that, but then Drake, within 24 hours, came back with a full diss track titled Duppy Freestyle. You can find it just about anywhere. I did think this was, at first, a bit of an overreaction to just a couple bars thrown his direction, and not something Drake really needed to address, but I think he got hungry. He got eager. He's like, look what me dropping back-to-back on Meek Mill did for me and my popularity and credibility a couple years ago. I'm going to try to do it again. And honestly, at first, I thought he did because he threw some tough shots at Pusha T. He made, uh, first off, he came out with a great point about how can you criticize me for not writing all my lyrics when the guy who pretty much created your whole album, put together all the production, and is the leader of your label, Kanye West, doesn't write all his lyrics. So he points out that hypocrisy, which I thought was smart. Then he goes on about how Pusha T has overblown subject matter, which is definitely true. Everyone knows Push, all he does is pretty much rap about selling bricks. He acts, he builds up this persona that he's some like some masterful kingpin who's like the biggest drug dealer who's ever existed in the world and has all the power and all the money. And so Drake comes at him with this line. He's like, you might have sold to college kids for Nike and Mercedes, but you act like you sold drugs for Escobar in the 80s. Again, another smart jab, accurate. There's not much Push can do to defend himself. Then Drake gets a little defensive and kind of covers up for the Quentin Miller ghostwriting remarks. And he's talking about, listen, I helped Q out more than he helped me. He says he was working at Kroger's. And Drake says, y'all acting like he made the boy when I was trying to help the guy. Pretty much saying, I made myself. I was here before I knew Quentin. And if anything, I helped him more than he helped me. So again, he's getting defensive about it. Clearly something touched him. Some of those couple bars is still a sensitive point in Drake. But I thought he did a good job with this diss and just overall had that feeling like, don't make me do it to him, man. Don't make me kill him again. And so I was like, damn, like he came back. He killed this Duppy freestyle. I thought he was going to take another beef dub, which for a guy who's not really heralded as one of the great rappers of current day music would be quite a beef track record. But we got news. Pusha T is no Meek Mill. He didn't come back with some weak diss track or just not respond at all push came back with a killer track in a similar turnaround time of like 24 hours like one to two days he dropped son of adidon coming right back at drake and damn i mean push got personal and just raked drake across the coals just to start with the the picture for the track the art for the single is Drake in blackface, which obviously is not a good look. I don't know how Drake ended up in this situation, but obviously wearing blackface has racial undertones to it that are not really appreciated. Again, I don't know what the context or why Drake was doing this, but there's really no good defense to this at all that I could possibly think of. And Push uses this to attack Drake, and make fun of him for how Drake wishes he was more black himself. He takes shots at him saying, you wouldn't grow out your hair because it wouldn't nap enough. But that's really nothing compared to what he eventually got into. 
And if these allegations that Pusha T brought up are true, this is a death blow. He has accused Drake of being a deadbeat dad who knocked up a porn star and left her with a child and is denying that it happened. And if you look up this lady, she does believe that Drake is the father to her child, but he is ignoring her and denying it. If he really exposed this truth and it is a fact, that I mean, you can't come back from that. You just can't. And Pusha T goes about it like so cleverly, like, you know, you know what you did, but I'm going to let everyone know now. And he just, he's so punctual and just so sharp with his jabs. He's just so comfortable as a lyricist that it's like effortless. Like he's just toying with him. And then throw on that he went at Drake's parents' relationship, talking about Dennis Graham wasn't on the gram till you was on one, making fun of how his dad was out of the picture until all of a sudden he blew up into fame and now all of a sudden his dad Dennis Graham is like trying to become a, a singer himself and become popular and famous and so just making fun of his family he goes at Drake's producer 40 for having scoliosis and health problems I mean this is brutal this is one of the most like eviscerating diss tracks that I have heard and just when I thought Duppy Freestyle was giving Drake another dub on his rap beef sheet that is just simply not the case, and I'm hoping that they continue to go back and forth. Because if Drake is going to respond to four bars on infrared, he has to respond, especially with these accusations coming on the son of Adenon by Pusha T. So that's a summary of the beef. I would highly recommend diving into it, checking out the lyrics, checking out all three of these tracks to fully understand what's going down between Drake and Pusha T. And I'll actually give you a sample right here because you know we come with that heat on Song of the Week on the podcast. And it only makes sense that I play Pusha T's diss, Son of Adenon, just killing Drake. And here it is. Drug dealing aside, ghost right in the side. Let's have a heart to heart about your pride. Even though you're multi, I see that your soul don't look alive. The M's count different when baby divides the pie. Wait, let's examine why your music for the past few years been angry and full of lies. I started at the home front, I'm on one. Dennis Graham, stay off the gram, bitch, I'm on one. You mentioned wedding ring like it's a bad thing. Your father walked away at five, hell of a dad thing. Marriage is something that Sandy never had, Drake. How you a winner, but she keep coming in last place. Monkey suit, Dennis, you parade him. A Steve Harvey suit, nigga made him. Confused, always felt you weren't black enough. Afraid to grow it, cause your fro wouldn't nap enough. Since you name drop my fiance, let him know who you chose as your Beyonce. Sophie knows better as your baby mother. Cleaned her up for IG, but the stench is on her. A baby's involved, it's deeper than rap. We talking character, let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child, let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Ooh, Adonis is your son, and he deserves more than an Adidas press run. That's real. Love that baby, respect that girl, forget she's a porn star, let her be your world, yeah. How dare you put yay in my verses, I'm selfish, I want all of the curses, I'm pre-booking the churches, me versus three hearses, if we all go to hell it'll be worth it, already aligned with the greats, and on that same note, the only ones I chase are two ghosts, still giving you classics, that's the only thing that dates me, OVO 40, hunched over like he 80. Tick, tick, tick. 
chick. How much time he got that man is? Six, six, six. I got the devil flow, nigga. Six, six, six. Surgical summer with it. Snip, snip, snip. And you don't really want it with him. Surgical summer volume one. So there it is, Son of Adonan. And yes, if you recognize that instrumental, that was the beat from Story of OJ by Jay-Z. And to add to this mess, Drake supposedly had an Adidas footwear line coming out or some type of Adidas apparel line coming, and he was going to be called Adenon. And now the word Adenon is associated with a diss killing him. So it may have actually messed up Drake's money and his marketing schemes for this new Adidas line. So Push really knocked him down a peg with this one. And you heard him say, Surgical Summer Volume 1. That implies that there's more coming. I don't think Pusha T is going to let up. He might keep coming with these tracks. Who knows? I can't wait to see what happens. But I also can't wait to see if Kanye West really releases his album. Supposedly, it is coming tomorrow, June 1st, Friday, June 1st. We are supposed to get an untitled album by Kanye West. There has not really been any information about it. So far, he kept up to uh, his dates. Obviously, Daytona by Pusha T came out last week. But this one seems to be on the fences, so we'll see if it drops or not. But what should be dropping on June 1st is obviously that Kanye West album. We also have Don't Tell Me It Can't Be Done by Dizzy Wright. And also, I talked about this uh, previously on the show. Black Dot and Ninth Wonder were coming together to put out an album. And this week they announced it is coming June 1st. Streams of Thought Volume 1 by Black Dot and Ninth Wonder. Album of the Year potential. Black Dot, one of the most talented MCs to ever touch the mic. I can't wait to listen to that. So even if Kanye doesn't drop, we will guaranteed have an album dropping by a certified GOAT-level artist. Streams of Thought Volume 1 by Black Dot and Ninth Wonder. And then looking forward to June 8th, we are supposedly again going to have a Kanye West Kid Cudi collab titled Kids See Ghosts. He did leak the track list for that, so it that one should be done. I'm pretty confident that one will come June 8th. And accompanying it on that date is Ethernet by Wi-Fi's Funeral and Think Free by Freeway. So that's what we got for new music announcements. That's what we'll be releasing soon. A couple I can't wait to listen to and can't wait to talk about on here. So stay tuned. We'll definitely have uh, some of those for album reviews coming up in future episodes. Next week, we're definitely going to have Daytona by Pusha T and Testing by ASAP Rocky. So stay tuned for those. But that's all we got for today. You know what it is, the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast, keeping you up to date on hip hop music in 2017. Simply the easiest way to do so. Episodes dropping every Saturday. So go subscribe and tell everyone you know who's into music. We're getting woke out here, and the more of us, the better. So let them know, and I'll see you guys next time on another episode of the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast. Peace.